Welcome to the Seek 24 podcast. I'm John Michael Lucido, and I am so glad that you are here. This podcast is a place of community, collaboration, and inspiration created to invite and encourage you deeper into relationship with Jesus. So here we go. Welcome to The Manly Catholic. In this podcast, we will inspire, challenge, and equip all men to become the men they were created to be. Join us as we journey together to become the best versions of ourselves and strive to change our communities one man at a time. Hello, oh, welcome to another episode of The Manly Catholic. This is James, your host, and back again, as you could probably guess by the giggle. This is Dan McNally. Your guest. Dan, welcome back to The Manly Catholic. Thank you very much. How are you doing today? Um, Good. Good answer. Thank you. Right. I thought Before about we that. we dive one. in, very special episode, we'll be talking about Seek. We'll be yes. talking about... Focus. Yes. We'll be talking about their upcoming conference. When is in it? January 1st through the 5th. Oh, they Saint love kind of hanging out near Missouri. the New Year's and Feast of Our Lady, Midwest. Mother of God. Yeah, they do Midwest. that. Because Mr. Dan has been to a seat conference. What? But How did we, you know? But before we dive into that, okay, we're going to start with the St. Michael prayer. Now, we've done this prayer on this podcast before, but I have yes. to... I have to clarify again because I forgot. Do we do safeguard or do we do protection? Protection. Okay. I can get on board with that. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Michael, the Archangel. Defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Did you hear that? That was beautiful. Seeking oh the ruin of well okay i don't know maybe yes okay so let's talk about okay first of all let's talk about focus sure who puts on the seek conference so dan tell us tell our listeners about focus well i am not i am not affiliated with focus in any way um my understanding is that focus is an acronym (laughs) and it's fellowship of catholic university students and they have an outreach and uh, a number of college campuses across the country. I don't know if across the globe is accurate. I should have prepared that information beforehand, but you can Google that. I will look it up. Um, I have many friends who are focused missionaries. Basically, they're, they uh, kind of their job is they sort of there's a lot of fundraising to do because really their job over the course of the school year is to minister to college age students, right? And so they generally live on college campuses. Sorry, I'm not. A, I was never a focused missionary, so I'm probably gonna butcher the explanation but basically they they live on college campuses they they uh i think i feel like it's usually teams of like two or three guys two or three girls with a lead team member and they set up bible studies they do fun events they put together just a lot of um really beautiful ways for college age young people to encounter christ um in community um in event settings in liturgy all all sorts of different ways they just bring uh they bring the lord to the college campus and I, I've just, they've done a lot of good. I've seen a lot of good. I have a lot of friends who are focused missionaries um, and it's a beautiful life. Uh, I mean, life, I make it sound like they do it forever. Usually uh, when people are focused missionaries, it's I think two years at least is the, is the primary commitment that somebody makes, but mm-hmm. they can stay on for a little while longer. They can be like a team lead and things like that. 
Um, but yeah, just doing the Lord's work on the college campus, I would say, is the simple way to say it. Yeah, I mean, their their mission statement is to know Christ Jesus and fulfill his great commission. And obviously, Jesus said, go out and make disciples of all nations. So focus, they, they strive to form Catholic missionaries rooted in church teaching, prayer, scripture, and evangelization. They go out into the world, invite people into a joyful life with Christ, and walk with them as they grow in faith. And I remember when my wife and I were in Boulder, Colorado, at uh, St. Thomas Aquinas Parish, which was attached to CU Boulder, Mm -hmm. which is a very secular university, for those of you who don't know. But they had James, what does secular mean? Secular means basically non-Christian. Yeah, worldly, right? Worldly. And they had a very strong focus presence over CU Boulder, very active uh, in the parish and then obviously on the university level as well. But yeah, especially the parish that was attached to, they um, always had events for design for college students and they really mm-hmm. tried to make that outreach, especially being in CU Boulder, which is a beautiful place to be. A lot of kind of a destination university, people from all over the country come. So, um, but also unfortunately, um, which I think was one of the main missions that focus had been put together, which is now 25 years is to cool. have uh, students, because too often they go to college and they lose their faith. Mm-hmm. So having that firm foundation rooted in scripture, prayer, community helps them keep the faith. I almost don't want to ask this question because I feel like we'll get too off off track. It might be a completely different episode topic, but I'm like, why do you think that is? Why do you think it's so easy for people at college age to, to go off to college and lose their faith? Is it just like a lack of catechesis? Is it the attractiveness of certain like like cultural things on a college campus that it's just like overwhelming to maybe what little little root has been has taken of their faith in high school or like yeah I don't know maybe it's a rhetorical question no I I think it is a good question though because I mean it really is it's like why does focus need to exist yeah no exactly and I think a lot of times uh, I mean I'm speaking for myself but even just in high school you know we we kind of base our faith based on what our family Grew mm-hmm. with, right and a lot of times if you didn't really grow up in a culture or environment where you were really challenged in your faith or you really didn't have to dig deep you think that everyone believes the same things that you do so why yeah. why dig deep why establish a firm foundation so i think that's why but yeah i think it's a combination like you said too i mean the appeal obviously you're on your own for the first time you have all this independence if you end up you know obviously traveling away from home you know there's there's temptations everywhere especially as a and, you know, as a young man, which we'll be focusing more on on men in this podcast, mm-hmm. but for a young man, you know, there's, um, you know, there's fraternities, there's parties, there's sports, there's intramurals, there's you can stay up all night, play video games, don't tell me what to do. Well, I think focus provides like a safe place for those who were catechized well by their family, by their church, whatever in high school. Like I was a high school theology teacher. So there's, you look at the kids in the class and you're like, all right, I know who, who is probably going to survive and who's probably not. So it's like, it provides that, that place for, those who want to continue to cultivate their faith to grow. But I mean, it also is outreach for those who, who are Catholic or even those who have no you know foundation in the Catholic faith, but perhaps have been curious or want to know a little bit more. So there's, there's a lot of outreach in that sense as well. But I think it's really amazing that they're on so many, as you say, secular campuses for almost, it's almost like an embassy. It's like a Vatican embassy on, on a college campus of like, Oh, I go here. And like, this is a, like, this is a place for me to be safe as a citizen of heaven. Absolutely. Yeah, kind of cool. 
So another thing that Focus puts on, and I was just looking, this is the 25th year, it said. Is it of Focus or of Seek? It says conference now in its 25th year. Sweet. Which is crazy. I had no idea. 25 years ago. So they put on a conference. Yeah, they put on a conference every year. It's called the Seek Conference. Mm-hmm. And Dan, you went to the Seek. First of all, let's let's back up. What is the Seek Conference? Obviously, focuses this incredible uh, mission on campus, creating disciples, creating missionaries to go out in the world. Then they put on this conference. So, what what is a Seek Conference? Let's start well, with that. I will tell you how I was invited to a seat conference. So my brother's a priest. I don't know if I've said that on the podcast before, but my brother is a Catholic priest. And he sent me a text one day and he said, hey, I'm going to the Sikh conference in January. Uh, tonight is the last night to get like discounted rate for the tickets. And I was like, when do I have to decide by? And he's like, midnight. And I was like, okay, you really need to get better at like giving me some time to make a decision. I'm like, where is this? What is this? What is going on? So I had to do a little deep dive within the course of a few hours. Um, and I, I think it's it's honestly just to, to really boil it down, it's an opportunity for those communities that Focus has already created on college campuses, but also just for anyone who's college age generally to go and kind of be reinvigorated in that mission that James uh, explained a minute ago, right? Just go and be surrounded by 15,000, 20,000, you know, other Catholic college students and realize, oh, I'm not alone in what I'm trying to do at my college campus. There are people everywhere. There's a verse in scripture that I'm not going to quote well, uh, but there's one that basically it's an encouragement. I think it's St. Paul and it's an encouragement that says, I think it's actually the one that's in evening prayer that, that goes, or maybe it's a night prayer that goes, uh, your enemy, the devil, is prowling like a like a lion looking oh, for prey. That's... The next line after that one is, for remember that your brothers around the world are fighting the same fight that you're fighting. Uh, again, that's not an exact translation, but you can kind of Google that quote if you want to. Save me here. Throw me a life, uh, I got you. life preserver. I looking it up. But, I mean, I think that's kind of what it boils down to, is this is a conference where you can go and educate yourself on your faith, be surrounded by people your age, your stage of life, uh, who want what you want essentially to, to follow Christ in the same context that you're following Christ, right? You know, you can have mentors uh, in the faith who are, you know, a different generation from you, you know, that are significantly older, or you can have people that maybe you're even mentoring that are significantly younger, but to be surrounded by people in your stage of life uh, who want the same things that you want in regards to their relationship with Jesus Christ. Uh, I was surrounded by 15,000 people mm. at that conference. And that was pretty great. Now, granted, I was a little bit older than most of the people at that conference, but I was—I mean, I was in PT school. Yeah, I was going back to school. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, technically, I was a college student. Yeah. So that yeah, was kind yeah. of my state of life at the yeah. time. So it was kind of fun. So I went in 2019. Yeah. So it was four years ago at the time of this recording. Well, another thing yeah. too, I mean, because I was looking at the conference this year, which is in, like I mentioned earlier, in St. Louis. And it's not just for people who are in college, it's people post. Because they have different yeah, yeah. talks, different speakers, and different, different tracks, tracks, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. So it's not just for those who are in college. But and those don't, isn't post. it different every year? Like it alternates. There's a Sikh conference and then there's, I forget what the other one's called. I'm but not sure. I'll have to look it up. Yeah. But, but yeah, Sorry, so, everyone who knows. 
So it was, be sober and vigilant, your opponent, the devil is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Next line, resist him, steadfast in faith, knowing that your fellow believers throughout the world undergo the same sufferings. I think a lot of the time we don't remember our fellow believers throughout the world undergoing the same sufferings. And that's what I love about conferences like SEEK, um, because I personally have never been, but it sounds amazing. I know um, one of our our, our babysitter who watches our kids, she's been to SEEK conference, she loves it, talks about it frequently Mm -hmm. there's so many great speakers and i mean you talk i know you're gonna talk about you know like jason everett and christophonic and things like that but i mean besides just the speakers i mean they're just opportunity for mass confession um, adoration just like you said having that community of believers surrounding you because yeah it can be isolating especially on a college campus maybe you are going to a very secular university where you feel like you're the only maybe it doesn't have a strong perish uh in the area and you feel like oh my gosh am i alone in this Mm -hmm. but having this opportunity it's it can be a a breath of fresh air knowing that hey i actually am doing something right and it forms those especially nowadays with social media and the way we're always connected with one another you can meet people from all across the country and you can stay connected well and i think that's kind of perfect with the theme for this year and my understanding is the theme this year is you are the light right be the light or be be the light yes and to remember not only are you lifted up by your brothers and sisters in christ who are there and when you're not at the conference who are spread throughout the world doing the same work that you're doing um but you are a light for them remember that when you go to those conferences you are a light to all the other people that are there. They see you and they are encouraged as well. So don't underestimate uh, that, right? 100%. Christ lives in your soul as well. Right. Okay, so 2019. Yes, but your, pre-COVID, your, everything was different. Y- your brother invited 15, you. 15,000 people in the same place. Last minute, it was at Indianapolis, I think That's you correct. Said. Yep, I did end up going. So you did end up going. So tell our listeners what was the feeling like when you got there? Were you excited? Were you nervous? Were you like, what the heck is going on? I don't really want to be here. But my brother, who's a priest, invited me. I felt like I kind of had to go. Right. You can't say no. You can't say no to your your brother, who's a priest, inviting you to a Catholic conference. Yeah. You can, I guess. But well, my first thing was like money because I had zero money at the time. Grad school. And I was in grad school. But I got to say, man, anytime that I like, I really feel the Lord pulling me and I don't want to like guilt anyone into it. And there's like a, there's like a modest financial investment involved. Like, like we got to be prudent. But honestly, a lot of the time me saying that I'm being prudent is me just being like fearful (laughs) and it's so worth it. It was like four or five days. It was. A, it's a long conference. Yeah, it's a days. long commitment yeah. of of time, and it is so good to just leave the world for a minute if you have the time. And there's any way that you're able to make it work financially, it is. And you're just seeking to follow Christ. Like, just do it. Just pull the trigger on that because it's powerful. So yeah, he especially if your brother tells you the night of still being able to get the cheaper ticket prices. <laughs> then you save even more money, right? So just keep that in mind. I don't know if you still can for this year, but you probably, because it was like October. and Yeah, I mean, we're recording <laughs> September 27th. Right, right. So. Get this podcast out there. So I uh, agreed, and I did feel a little weird, because I, I, you know, I was, what was I in 2019? I would have been, how old does that make me? He's 20, bad at math, 20, ladies and gentlemen. 28. 28? Okay. 28. 28. Yeah, it would be easier to just do today minus four years you could have but that's all right 28 i was 28 so most people you know at the seat conference are probably like anywhere from 18 to 25 ish mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um but i did know all the focus missionaries at the school that my brother was essentially the chaplain for i guess he was at the parish the student parish 
So I was like, okay, well, they're friends of mine and, you know, it'll be, this, the students are cool and I'll just kind of go with their group. And, you know, I mean, I, I didn't have a whole lot of anxiety about it. I was, it was mostly whenever I have to make a, a big decision like that, like I'm buying a ticket to something. Uh, usually after I make the decision, there's, there's no, You're all in. there's no regret. It's yeah. like, all right, here we go. Yeah. You know? So yeah, I didn't have a lot of anxiety about it and I was very excited. So we, I think drove down separately. It was in Indianapolis, which is like a five or six hour drive, but it's a pretty straight shot from mm -hmm. where you're coming from Kalamazoo. Um, and yeah, man, you get there and it's just like electric. Like the city is just alive with Catholic young people. How <laughs> cool is that? And it, you feel it. You just yeah. see it everywhere. You just, it's weird because I feel like people who are alive in Christ, you, you just know the energy. Mm-hmm. You, you just like, there's just like people smiling and laughing all over the place. Right. And you're like, there's joy here. Like something is, the atmosphere is different. Yeah. Right. And it's not even in the convention center. There's like people all over. It's just like, something's different, man. Something's happening here. Yeah. So that energy right when you get there is so exciting. Even if you're, you know, not right. If you're not 18 to 25, like for the groups that are going, there's something always electric about it. Always very, that was, I mean, that was honestly kind of the conversion or whatever you want to call that continued conversion for me growing up was meeting people who were authentically living out their faith. Uh, it's always been Catholic community for me. It's always, and uh, Curtis Martin was actually giving a talk at this seat conference. And one of the things he talked about that was an image that stuck with me since then is this kind of glowing fire in the middle of sort of a snowy night, people sitting around this fire and there's a bunch of glowing coals. Hmm. And he said, the coals continue to glow and burn hot as long as they are together. He said, but if you took tongs and grabbed a coal and put it out in the snow, how fast would the light and the warmth go hmm. away? And I was like, dang, that is so true. And that's that warmth, that fire is that electricity that you feel there. And that you feel in kind of the focus communities on campus and, you know, parishes that are alive. So yeah, it was, it was a powerful. Yeah. It was electric. Yeah. I mean, yeah. If you think about it too, the, gosh, I love that imagery. Yeah. When the coals are together, cause it's just like, you know, so often we, we isolate ourselves. I mean, COVID, you mentioned COVID. Hadn't you know, happened how, yet. We lived in a pre-COVID world at that time. That is true, but it, how isolated people were, and yeah, the contrast. Know, how, I mean, I mean, talk about you know spiritual warfare, spiritual combat. You know, who, what is Satan? He's the great divider, right? And so, if he can divide you, it's easier to conquer you. But if you're together, if you have your brothers, if you have mm -hmm. your sisters in Christ with you, like you said, it's electric. You can feel it. Yeah, like you can't be touched because you have this this energy. And like you said, being that having that love for Christ that's just, you know, permeating through the walls of, you know, I'm sure it was like the convention center or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, it's infectious. It's contagious, yeah. but in a good way, like you want to catch it and you can't help, but you know, when you have the Holy spirit, that's just clearly in a place like this, people who are ready, who are eager for more Jesus, mm -hmm. you're going to, you're, you're going to be changed, which I'm sure you experienced that too. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. All I mean, right. When, so, you, when you have a convention center where a, a, a like a large ballroom is converted into an adoration yes. chapel. Oh gosh. Uh, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So they have, they have, they have adoration. They had speakers. So tell us about some of the speakers that, uh, that you experienced. Which speakers do you want me to talk about? You know, I'm a father Mike fanboy, and so is everybody. If they're honest with themselves, that is true. But, um, well I can, I have, so I brought my seek booklet oh, with me today and I have it yes, sitting in front of me since yes. we're, we don't have any sort of video. Uh, I mean, let me just kind of think through the speakers that I remember. I remember obviously father Mike was there. Um, I went to Trent Horn's talk. I always love Trent oh, Horn stuff cause he's yeah. an apologist and he's yeah, yeah. 
Very good. And he, he is married to somebody that I met on my first day of freshman year in a theology class. His wife, Laura, oh, yeah. sat next to me in my intro to yes. theology class. And then I heard her name later on. And I was like, what the heck? That it's is such awesome. a small world. Um, That's hilarious. But yeah, no, Trent is awesome. Edward Stree was there. Chris Stefanik, Father Mike Schmitz, Jason Everett. Oh, I got to meet. I get to meet. So I get to. You get to meet them. Like <laughs> that's the cool part is you get to actually interact with these speakers, and you realize. I mean, I think sometimes there's like the sort of like celebrity Catholic speakers yeah. that maybe aren't super authentic, but that's like so few and far between. Yeah, yeah. I've maybe encountered that once. Yeah. And I got to meet Sister Bethany Madonna. I got to meet uh, Sister Miriam James Hyland, uh, Jason Everett, Chris Stefanik. I didn't meet Father Mike because come on, you're never gonna. That line yeah. is too long. Yeah, but, yeah, for sure. But. Just incredible and authentic, just authentic people. Um, just giving really, really beautiful talks. Particularly, the ones that stood out to me the most, honestly, were Sister Miriam James and Sister Bethany Madonna. Oh, Those yes. are my two favorites. Yes. They're just, they're rock stars. Was there one maybe theme or topic that really sticks out to you? I know, you, I, know you, I mean, the book that you have, it looks like you have room to take notes and stuff and anything uh-huh. that really stands out. Okay. Yeah, Sister Miriam James, Highland. If you guys have not heard her speak, she was at the uh, CAFA men's conference this mm-hmm. last year yeah. in Grand Rapids, and she gave a talk which was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Like she is just a powerhouse of a woman. I think the beauty of Sister Miriam James is one she's she's authentic and she's humble, and that I think speaks to this generation oh my gosh, of, yeah. of students. And she comes from a place of pain. She comes from a place of 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 trauma. Yes. And a lot of people I feel like come from places of trauma. I feel like they can't talk about it and they right. hear her speak and she's, she speaks with such authenticity and such gentleness that she's so, she's just magnetic. And if you don't know who this is, look her up right yeah. now. You're not going to regret it. Well, yeah. she has a podcast with two of her really good friends, the abiding together, the abiding podcast, together yeah. which is my mm-hmm. wife always listens to that. Oh, and she's even I listen to that too. So great mm-hmm. podcast. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, that's, that's one element of the seat conferences is you go to these talks, you can take notes there. I mean, it's intellectually stimulating. They're always very entertaining. The, the, the speakers are very entertaining, but just spiritually, I feel like you're just coming into contact with, I mean, and, and it's not people who are perfect. I think sometimes we can get this saint complex where like we'd look at a saint and they're like porcelain statue and it's like, I can never relate. Um, that's why I really emphasize like, go meet them, go talk to them because yeah. they're so fantastic. Yes. Like one example of that, that I think is really amazing. Um, I early on, I think one of the first talks I ever listened to my freshman year in high school that got me like on this whole Catholic world, young adult world, uh, was Jason Everett, uh, romance without regret Mm -hmm. video. Mm -hmm. Um, gosh, back in like 2005. Uh, and uh, so I waited in line to meet Jason and Christalina because they were there and why not? I had a little time on my hands. Um, and the funny thing was, I was a theology teacher for four years, and I had my own students watch the same video. I was curious to see if it kind of held up after 10 or 15 years or whatever, uh, since I had seen it for the first time, and I, I wanted them to kind of write on it, and write honestly on it. I didn't want them to be like, why is it good? Um, I wanted them to be like, what are your thoughts? Yeah. How does this hit you? Just to be honest, because I, honestly, I feel like they process it better that way. I had one student who wrote a six-page paper. I only required two pages, double-spaced. I got a six-page paper, single-spaced, from one student who hated it. Oh. Hated it. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. At least that was kind of Did that you was send that to Jason Everett and say... Well, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so here's the thing. So that, that six-page paper was circulated among all my, the students at the school. Yeah. They all read it. Uh-huh. And, and it was like this kind of like, whoa, did you hear what so-and-so wrote? 
as yep. a response to Mr. McNally, the video that they had in Mr. McNally's theology class. So I, when I got to, J- I, I mean, I probably could have phrased this better, but I got up to him and I was talking to him. I told him about, you know, how much, you know, his work has, has really moved me and inspired me. And I was like, by the way, I have one student who hated your work, hated romance without regret. When I showed it to them, wrote a six page paper on how much they hated it. Do you want to know what his exact response was what? without missing a beat? What? He's like, can you give me the student's email address? Yes. Did you? I did. Well, I, I reached out to the student and I was like, hey, do you remember that guy you hated? He wants to talk. And <laughs> so the student's like, yeah, absolutely. Why not? So apparently over the course of the weekend, they exchanged some emails about it. And fast forward. I So she was uh, a student at University of Michigan at the time. And he was coming to, I think it was Gabriel Richard High School over okay. on the east side. Okay. Uh, and I reached out and I was like, hey, he's coming to this school really close to you. Do you want to go? Yeah. And she was like, well, I can't drive. And I was like, well, I'm coming. <laughs> I'll, you can, we can, we'll go together. And so we literally, it's so funny. It was like, it came full circle. And, uh, and it's not like a situation where it's like, oh yeah, she was totally convinced of everything that he said. But what moved me was he was like, I want to talk. Yeah. I want to hear not only not talk to convince, but he was like, I want to talk I want to hear, hear what she has right. to say. Yes. I love that. I, I, cause I interviewed Jason too, and I've heard him, uh, speak on podcasts and he has his own podcast too. Mm-hmm. And he is always, that is always his first, I guess, response or point he always makes is that these people have stories yeah. and they are resisting what we're telling, whatever the church is telling for a reason. Exactly. And so instead of being super defensive, they're not just about bad it, people or something. Yeah. They're not just bad, <laughs> they're but, just... <laughs> but yeah, a lot of people have wounds, right. you know, so that and they could have he- heard that video that he produced in what 2005 i think right it was a long time ago (laughs) and whatever it was something something probably hit her and there could have been a huge wound or trauma or or just you know just poor formation or whatever the case might be and he always responds though like without missing a beat you says like what's your email address i'd love to talk to her and that's the thing like i think that that kind of um, caricature that I gave of like, oh, well, there's people with the, the whole celebrity complex of like, yeah. well, they're a Catholic speaker, but they're not really accessible. Yeah. I don't think that's super common. I think it exists, but I don't think it's super common. Yeah. I think a really, another really good counterexample to that is my, my guy, Father Mike Schmitz. Father I Mike. will tell you that I've emailed him no fewer than four times, maybe five times with sincere questions. I'm not trying to like waste his time. Yeah. I had very sincere questions every time. And one of the times I emailed him, I sent him like five paragraphs like and some and it was like angry. I yeah. was like angry. Yeah. Because there were some stuff I was really struggling with at the time. He emailed me back every time. And the sign I mean, somebody was like, Well, Dan, that's his secretary emailing you back. It's like, no, it's not. You can yeah. tell from the way he types. Yeah. And his sign off, he has a quote at the bottom. I think it's from C. S. Lewis, and he's like, you know, if I can give any of my time, like who's to say that my time is more valuable than someone else's? Mm-hmm. And it's like that kind of servant heart attitude that jason immediately took without missing a beat father mike takes and responding to all of yeah. my emails i'm not saying they're perfect again right they i've heard people tell stories where they feel like you know they've been like maybe not had the best but yeah. the, the point where they're human beings yeah. right they came out a really bad day and that's the attitude that they approach things with is i want i want to serve yeah. i want to seek out this person yeah right and i think that's amazing that's so that's one of the things is the people that are at seek that are speaking to you that are sharing with you are sincere witnesses yeah. i think for the the lion's share of of them 
Yeah. I mean, I know the story of, you know, John Paul II, one of his, his best character traits was that if you were speaking with him, you felt like you were the only person in the room, mm-hmm. you know, and that, I think that's a trait. Especially that, if you were only the only person in the room. Especially if you were the only person, <laughs> he had no other place to go. <laughs> but no, I mean, yeah, I guess I agree too, because, you know, reaching out for, for, I mean, I've had Jason Everett on the podcast and some right. other guests too, and how willing they are to give you their time. Yes. And, you know, these true witnesses, I think, you know, even I forgot to look at the the, the speaker lineup this year for Seek. But I mean, so many are, like you said, authentic witnesses and they are truly giving their time back to Christ in the mm-hmm. church. And so, you know, going and meeting these people who you may have heard are like, oh, like, I'd love to meet them or love to actually speak with them. Like this is your a lot of times this is your chance because this is when they're most available. And a lot of times, too, I know speakers when they you know, they book this whether they're there for two days or three days or the whole conference, they're like, when I'm there, I'm fully there. Right. You know, so I know Chris Stefanik, I heard him talk and he said, look, you guys booked me for the night. I will stay here until three in the morning and speak yeah. with you guys. And he's like, I'm not leaving until the last person leaves. And that's how these people are. Cause they are so willing to give their time. That's why I love, you know, like you said, these conferences here too. And it's, it's, it's refreshing to see because especially in the secular world, we're like, Oh, you know, like I'll never be able to talk to them. Like Catholic, the Catholic world is yes, there might be these quote unquote celebrities, but they're also very real and down to earth, and well, they're willing to. And give back. for the most part, they're celebrities for a reason. They've yeah. they've risen above because people are like, this is a person who loves the Lord. Right. It's I would say it's the difference between like watching a YouTube video about how to surf and like getting out there with a surfboard and an instructor and just right. like diving in. Yes. Like you're there, you're immersed, and yeah. it's it really is life changing. Like yeah. I, I I feel like I'm trying to sell it, like like spend the money go to the take the days off or whatever yeah. but like it is it is such a big difference yeah. and it is such an experience i have a christophonic story but i can save it for later no no, no. you said you had <laughs> stories you said you had a few stories well i want to make sure we touch on everything you want to touch on we'll with talk, regard to the to let's talk about it comments. we got we got 30 more minutes man okay so i'm in the adoration chapel yes. the giant adoration chapel the banquet yes. hall adoration chapel and i'm walking and there's a guy with a plaid shirt in front of me I say that only because it's an important detail for later. I don't like seek out people with seek. See what I did there? I don't seek out people with a plaid shirt um, to follow. And I wasn't following this person, to be fair. I was walking down the back aisle of the Adoration Chapel because I was going to go pray before dinner. And like the person with the plaid shirt stops dead in his tracks. I don't even know who this person. I mean, this just is a person in a plaid shirt to me at this point. And I like stop because they stop. Right. He turns around and looks directly at me. And it's Christophonic. And I'm like, well, that's weird. Um, but he like looks at me like like I've been following. Him. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. And then he like turns around and keeps going. And so he like, didn't say anything to you. He didn't say anything he to me. He just looked right he just, at you. He stopped in his tracks, looked at me, and then kept going. He I'm sure Maybe he, he just prayed for you. I really thank you, Chris. I hope he doesn't remember these events. Oh, but, he totally does. Well, good. Comment below. Is that a thing? I don't know. <laughs> so he he kept walking, and then I veered off up towards Jesus, because that's what I came to do. Went and prayed. Went back to the hotel room, uh, grabbed my brother, and we went down to... No, no, no. On the way back up the ho- to the hotel to, to grab my brother from the hotel room, so he was like taking a nap or something. I was like walking back towards the hotel and I was like, that's super weird. Like, why did, why did that happen? He probably thinks that I'm like fanboying over him. 
that I'm like a super fan and that he that I was literally following him. Well, I'm glad that that didn't last that long, right? So I'm walking back towards the hotel. So there's it's like the convention center is is attached by like Skybridge to hotel. So mm-hmm. walking across the bridge, I'm in the hotel like lobby and there's no one there. Except Christophano. There's a person in front of me with a plaid shirt on. <laughs> I'm not even I'm not even kidding. So I'm like walking back to the elevator lobby. It occurs to me very quickly. I'm like that's I've seen that plaid shirt recently. And he is walking in the same direction I am, but also in front of me, just like before deja vu. And so I'm like, all right, well, at least we're in a hotel lobby. There's going to be a lot of people. It's not going to be weird for very long. We get to the elevator lobby where there's like six elevator doors. No one is there. There are 15,000 people at this conference and no one is in the elevator lobby. I don't know how that's even possible. That's a miracle probably. And so here's the thing though. I'm like still behind him as we approach the elevators and I want like, to have a reason to be there. My reason to be there is to press the button to get on the elevator to show that I came there to go up the elevator. He pressed the button because he was in front of me. So so he pressed the button as I'm like, you know, I need a cause to be here. And then he turns around again and he sees me. He's like, Oh, Hey, so he, I think had the flu that night or like was very sick or something. And I was like, Oh, Hey Chris, how's it going? I mean, I figured I could say that because he's famous. Yeah, I, It's okay for me to know his name. And I like sort of introduced myself and I like reached out my hand to shake his hand, but he was holding his notes in his right hand. So what ended up happening was I like shook his pinky finger. Uh-huh. And I got to say something like, I think Chris Stefanik is great, but I already told you I'm a father Mike fanboy. Like I'm not like a big Chris Stefanik fanboy. I'm like aware of him, but I'm like, like, why did this have to happen now? Yeah. Like, I'm not even like a big super fan. I like, I'm like, Chris Fonick is great, but now I'm shaking his pinky, looking like an idiot, and the elevator doors open. It's just the two of us, of course, so we both step into the elevator. We're now in a small enclosed space together and don't know what to say to each other, so the door's shut, and I'm trying to think to myself, how can I interact with him in a meaningful man-to-man way that doesn't make me seem like a fanboy, because I'm not, right? And I'm like... I knew he was giving the keynote that night. So I was like, oh, how's your, how's your talk going? Are you like ready to give it? Are you, I mean, I'm sure you're not nervous, you know, cause you do this all the time or whatever. He's like, yeah, just a little bit sick. So not feeling great, but you know, doing, doing good. I got just like a very normal response. And I was, I was like, all right, as long as I don't like take a selfie with him, I think we'll be fine. Right. And I didn't. Uh, and then he got off at his exit or whatever, his floor. And I was like, all right, man, good luck. Be praying for you door shut i go up find my brother we get ready we go down to dinner so we're like getting ready to go down to dinner we get in the elevator we're heading back down this is 20 30 minutes later right we get out of the elevator there's like a million people down there now not zero like a million we're walking towards the restaurant because it's one of those restaurants that's like in the hotel right by the elevators Mm -hmm. there's like the menu outside in a little glass case um and my brother and i are standing outside of the elevator i don't know how this timing works i just attract weird things to me, I think. <laughs> and I'm like standing there in front of the restaurant because my brother and I are waiting in line to go to the restaurant. Mm-hmm. But I like somehow my body is like now angled towards the elevator, mm-hmm. I guess. And I like my I just look over at the elevator because I'm just looking around because we're waiting and the elevator doors open. <laughs> the plaid shirt. And Christophonic is staring me dead in the eyes like I've been waiting in the lobby for a half hour just to look at him. And we just share one more glance and I'm like, I can't, this is not, 
No, no, I'm not even like this isn't I haven't what? So he gave his talk, did a great job. But as he was leaving, they're like, please, you know, Chris is sick tonight. So he's just going to head back to his hotel room. It didn't matter. He was like on a golf cart and they took him on a golf cart. And there were literally girls chasing him, trying to take selfies with him. I felt vindicated. I was like, he probably thinks they're worse than I am. But that's my Chris story. <laughs> oh, gosh. That is amazing. Only at seek, ladies and yes, gentlemen. Yes, yes. You too can seek. convince Chris Stefanik that you're his fanboy when you're not. Uh, I love you, Chris. You're great. Chris is great. He is great. He's, yeah. I remember when uh, the um, moral relativism, mm-hmm. his relativism book, that yep. little booklet came out. Mm-hmm. He came to speak at Steubenville and that was awesome. Yeah. He's great. I'm just, I just mean to say like, I'm not like, he wouldn't be the speaker that I like try to like follow and talk to. That's just you know funny. What I mean? That. But that three happened. three separate encounters. I hope, he, I hope he hears this. I'm sure he will. <laughs> Chris Stefanik, you're amazing. I need you to know that I wasn't following you. <laughs> He's not a stalker. We don't bring stalkers on. The no, podcast, we don't. Chris. We don't. So, so. All right. So, one more story. One more story. One more story. Which one? You said you had three. I do. I have one more. It's perfect. Um. Perfect well. I was <laughs> I was joking with James beforehand because it's like, oh, we're talking to college-age guys. And I was like, well, I can talk about how I met my future wife at Seek. But I'm single, so that would be a lie. <laughs> but I we can't... We also don't invite liars on the podcast. <laughs> I have neither of those things. Well, I mean, if I lie, I confess it. True. Awkward. Um. So I will tell one more funny story. It's about yes. how I met my spiritual director for yes. all of PT school. Yes. So yes. in Grand Rapids, there was this young adult community called Koinonia that was around for like 20 years. And it was really good. It was every Tuesday night. They would do adoration. Well, yeah, adoration, rosary. And then they would have a talk and then like social time afterwards. It was really, really beautiful, life-giving, really filled my cup for several years. And one of the, And they would always have a different speaker every week. And one of the speakers was this guy who was a priest, but he was, I don't want to say like a late vocation. He was a little bit later vocation. He ended up going to seminary and I think it is mid to late thirties because he had kind of bounced around a lot and I've bounced around a lot. Uh, and I'm just kind of a, that's sort of my just attention span and just my personality is, uh, I've tried a lot of different things, but you know, uh, so I, I don't know. I resonated with his story and I just remember kind of tucking that away and being like, this guy's cool. And, and I, I, at the beginning of PT school, I was thinking to myself, man, I really, I would really like to get a spiritual director because I haven't had one in a while. Um, and let me just tell you, everyone who's listening, if you don't have a spiritual director and you have questions about the faith and you don't know exactly what's coming next or how to kind of discern it, I cannot stress enough. Get yourself a spiritual director. hundred percent. Oh my gosh. Life changing. However, I did not have one at this point in the story. So remember that part of the last story where I went up to get my brother and go to dinner? Well, this is a story from inside that story. It was in the middle of it because oh. I was walking back to elevator and I'm, I kid you not. It's funny. The, the Lord's timing is kind of funny. Sometimes I was thinking to myself, walking down the hallway from the room to the elevator. I was thinking, I really need to get on that spiritual director thing. And I said to myself, I'm, I'm not kidding about this timing either. As I was walking towards the elevators, I was like, I wonder about that priest. I think his name was like Father Bill. He came to to give a talk uh, at Koinonia. And I think he'd be a really great guy to talk to about spiritual direction just because I feel like his story really aligns with 
you know, my personality and my story as well. And I was like, I, maybe when we get back, I should like reach out to, to him. I'm not kidding you. The elevator doors opened after I had that thought and he was standing there alone in the elevator. And I looked at him and I was like, uh, Father Bill? And he's like, oh, oh, hey, yeah, hi. And he obviously didn't know who I was, which is totally okay. And I was like, can we talk? (laughs) And I'm not saying that's how it's going to happen for you. You go to seek, you get a spiritual director. You go to seek, you meet your wife. You go to seek, you get to be friends with Chris Stefanik. Or stalk him. What'd you say? Oh, stalk him. I thought you said Dawkins. It's like, he's not invited to speak at seek. Um, But yeah, I... I just think it's kind of a, it was such a crazy, like the timing. It's just funny when like you have a plan and the Lord just like laughs at you and he's like, how about this? He just has good timing. So those are my stories. When I accidentally stalked Christophonic, when I told Jason Everett that my student hated his work and when I accidentally found my <laughs> spiritual director immediately those after thinking great. about him, <laughs> go to seek, go. <laughs> seek it out. All right. So, okay. So what, what would you say is your biggest your biggest takeaway community from seek. community okay seek out community create community if it's not there if you're on a college campus that doesn't have focus or like saint paul's outreach or like you know other catholic organizations that intentionally create that community that discipleship find it i mean it's cheesy but like seek it out like make it if, if it's not there find a way to make it there it's that curtis martin example i think was the one thing the most vivid thing that I took away from that conference was that image of the coals. Uh, I love that. I'm still thinking about that. I have been in the fire and I have been in the snow. Yeah. And it's 100%. a very different life. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, because the the theme of this year coming up is, is be the light. Yeah. And, you know, echoes what, what Jesus said, you know, you're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And, you know, it's, I think you mentioned this before we even started recording was, now, even in the darkest room, yeah, just a little flicker of light and how much that actually permeates throughout the whole room. Yeah. And I think, too, what what we neglect is that it, it's so easy. And we talk about isolation. We've talked about that a few times. Is when you're maybe you're surrounded by people who, who don't believe who the same things that you do who aren't Catholic. Maybe they're uh, persecuting you because you are Catholic. Or maybe they are waiting to hear what you have to share. Yeah. And I think we, we, it's so, it's so easy to, to conform to the world, the worldly standards. It's very easy. (laughs) And, you know, you know, people, you know, if you, if you know scripture, you know what Jesus talks about is, you know, fear, don't, I always butcher scripture passages, (laughs) but fear God rather than man. The, yeah. the one who can, uh, who do can not destroy fear, your do soul. Not, do not fear the one who can destroy your body, but fear the one who can destroy Thank your... Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Dan McNally. And, <laughs> you know, especially young men out there in a culture where, you know, toxic masculinity and you know, men are kind of cast aside, so to speak, it's hard to be the light because you are constantly maybe shouted down upon or said you're too aggressive or whatever the case might be for, for those of the young men listening out there. And, you know, especially like I, I was telling you too, uh, I had, when I went to high school, my freshman year, I was at a public school and I know. How did you do that? I don't know. (laughs) 
But, you know, for those of you who play sports, you know, locker room talk. Mm-hmm. You know, we've all heard about, like, locker room talk and and everything. And, you know, being in public school, they would often talk about, you know, having sex with girls and things like that. And I was a virgin at the time. It's very hard to admit that you're a virgin and amidst of a bunch of football players. I'm a virgin. Right? Yeah, see? There it is. Bunch of bunch of football players? I mean, there might be football players. That is true. There's probably some. <laughs> but no. How it, embarrassing. Because you don't know, too, by admitting no, it's that. it's true. I mean, there's a huge pressure with all those oh, people. 100%. And it's not even necessarily any individual that's, like, putting that on you. But having all of them there, there's just this collective. Yeah. Right. For sure. Exactly. And so you don't know if you say that. You don't know who, who hears that and who's inspired by that. Mm-hmm. And who totally oh, changed that's a the really trajectory. good. I'm glad you said that. It's kind of like when you're when when it's like election season and you put you see people putting out signs for their candidate. Yeah, like I used to think that was stupid, and I was like, "What? Like you're going to convince me to vote for your guy because your the sign with their name on it is right. in your yard?" Right. But I realized, oh, it's not for that. Like it's it's, and maybe this is me just looking at it with my own sort of spin, but like. It's to encourage the people of like mind that they're not alone. Yeah. And it's the same it's the same thing. Yeah. Is when you stand up, it's not just actively fighting the enemy. It's right. it's it's stirring a fire in the hearts of those people that are too scared to do it themselves. Right. Yeah. And again, you thank you, sir. You you don't know who is listening. Like when we put on this podcast too, we don't know who's gonna listen to this. We don't know who but by your witness and your testimony, that might inspire somebody to to go to the seat conference and ends up changing the course trajectory of their life. Like you just don't know, you oh, know? I... And I, I interviewed someone yesterday too for the podcast and they talked about, you know, how um, his, the, his biggest parable that he talks about, not parable, but um, witness from Jesus uh, that he gives to talks to men is uh, when Jesus fed the 5,000 and he said, okay, so um, what, what did he ask his disciples? Okay. So he said, Okay, they they said, okay, we don't have any food. We need to send them away. Go get the food. And he said, well, you feed them. Mm. And he's and they kind of. I mean, you can imagine, like they probably laughed at Jesus, like, okay, Jesus. And they're like, oh, you're you're serious, okay? He's like, okay, so so what do you have? And they're like, okay, we have like two loaves, three fish, you know, whatever whatever their amount was. Like this, basically, this this would not make a dent in anyone's bellies, right? And Jesus basically will give it to me. And the little you have to give, what the little that you think you have to give, Jesus will take that and he will expand that infinitely. Did you interview Dallas Jenkins? I did not interview <laughs> Dallas Jenkins. <laughs> he loves the five loaves and two fish. Thing. Oh, does he? Bring oh. your bring your five loaves and two fish and let the Lord multiply it. Dallas, you got to come on the podcast. Too. Dallas. But the, the, I, I want to encourage you men especially is because I know in the culture and I know now wherever you're at, you might. You might be discouraged, but you, again, you don't know by you flashing that flicker of light, who's going to see that and who's going to rally behind you. Mm -hmm. So you come to, you come to a conference like this and you create this, this brotherhood and also with your sisters in Christ as well. But then the point is that you go back to where you were and that you bloom where you were planted, right? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes all you need is that little bit of encouragement. Because this is all temporary. We have to remember that, too. Where you are at individually in your place of life right now, it's it's temporary. Whether it's the most difficult time in your life, that might be hard to hear, but it's temporary. And this is your chance to build relationships with people who are seeking the same, same things that you are 
and going out into the world and evangelizing. And I, I think the use of the word temporary is perfect uh, because the whole your your life on earth is temporary. Our the the perspective that gives anything that we do purpose and meaning is the eternal perspective of the kingdom of heaven, right? I mean, if 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 heaven doesn't didn't doesn't exist and hell doesn't exist and God doesn't exist and none of this matters, then what's the point? But like going to a conference and, and reinvigorating the, the part of our soul that finds purpose, the part of our the part of our soul that like gives us a reason for even existing. Why would you not go? Right. You know, it makes me think of the Han Solo line from when they redid the Star Wars movie. They did the episode seven. And I think it's episode seven. It might be, I don't know which one it is. I only watched them all once. <laughs> no offense if you liked those. Um, where he, oh, yeah, because he, oh, sorry, I'm not going to spoil that, but he, uh, he can only give it. lines in the first of the three. <laughs> um, but anyway, just to edit that part out, I don't know. But the line is the one, the part where he's like, they're asking him about the force and he's like, it's, it's real. All of it. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, live as if that's the case. Right. And see what happens. It's, well, I mean, what, what truly and honestly, what, what do you have to lose? Honestly. And I, again, I know uh, as a young man, you, you're thinking probably if you're say you're college age, you know, you're like, okay, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to try to find my wife. I'm going to try to get married. Maybe I'm going to go in the priesthood. There's always going to be that next thing, right? There's always going to be, okay, if I, when I get the job, when I get a career, when I'm making, you know, a million dollars a year, when I'm doing nice. this, that, and, yeah, that'd be nice too, right? Wow. But there's always going to be right that now. next thing that you are constantly searching for. And until you, you can accept who you are, where you are currently, you're always going to be searching for something else. Mm-hmm. And, and again, I can't emphasize enough the importance of having that community like you mentioned, Dan, is so important. And especially having community of individuals who are are like-minded like you, who are constantly looking to heaven, are constantly looking to become a saint. Because without that, you're just going to be, it's so easy to get devoured by the world, devoured by the devil who's constantly prowling about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. I there finally it quoted it correctly. There it is. Yes, yes. I did it. So finding that community is... Is what this? I think this conference is all about. And I think going to the conference is is letting yourself realize that it is it does exist. It is possible. Go and encounter it. Right. It, there's this line about mountain climbing that I was trying to pull up on my phone, but I can't find it. Um, that's basically like the whole point of climbing the mountain is like you go to the top and you can see the incredible view. The point is not to stay on top of the mountain. Like you're going to be going through some valleys, but the, the idea is you've been on the top of the mountain and you've seen everything from the top of the mountain so that when you go through the valleys, you won't see it, but you will have seen it and mm. you can carry with you the memory of having seen it and know that it is in fact real, even when it's dark and mm. low and raining or whatever. But like, I think the idea of going is go to just essentially be supercharged. Yes. Go and and rediscover and be like, oh my gosh, this is real, and I can make this happen because I think you know the weight of the world can really drag you down. I experienced, I mean, even just recently, like I experienced that a lot. And go and rediscover what it is that <laughs> that is dr- driving any of this in the first place. Go and rediscover what the point of your whole life is. Not to put too dramatic of a spin on it, but I mean, you, you really can't. Well, go and encounter Jesus. Yeah. And I think a conference like this 
you can't help but be affected in one way or another. I'm not saying you're going to go there and you're going to have this profoundly spiritual experience. For some of you, probably will. But for those of you who don't, that doesn't mean you did it wrong or, or whatever the case might be. But just go and truly give what little you have Your to Jesus. And, fishes, yeah. and see what happens. Again, like we, like we said earlier, what, what do you have to lose? Be the light. Be light. So again, ladies and gentlemen listening, Seek 24 is from January 1st through the 5th, St. Louis, Missouri. That's uh, close to be, everybody. That is pretty close to everybody. It's like the middle of the country. People are listening from Alaska. <laughs> That's not <laughs> close to not me, co- James. Or Hawaii. Sorry. It's close. Which one is it closer to? Think on your feet. Alaska. I don't know. Probably okay. Alaska. <laughs> Depends on the part. Okay, well, now we're getting geographical here. Gosh, sorry, sorry guys. I'm so sorry. We were on such a roll. Gosh, oh, my closing God. it out. I, I, I own it all. <sighs> He's I, fired. I take over. I'm Complete ownership for this. I'm going to have to edit this out now. Oh, my gosh. Don't do more it. More work Don't on me. Let people know that we're humans, you know? No, we're perfect. This is what, what was I saying? Seek 24. Seek 24. January 1st through St. the Louis. 5th. I'll leave uh, links in the show notes for you guys. Purchase tickets. Make sure you get ahead of that uh, price change. Yes, exactly. Which Just like I, I did. I'll figure it out. We'll put it in the show notes. Go ahead and seek it out. Oh. <laughs> Put a little, is, that, is that your uh, challenge to them this week? Yes. Seek like out the SEEK conference and see if it is prudent and practical for you to do so. Because obviously we understand financial, especially if you're in college, finances might be a little tough. But if you're able to discern that, see if it is. Bring that to the Lord. Bring it to the Lord. He does crazy things sometimes. He really does. If, if you're, you're really truly discerning it. And you are like, Lord, I want to really go. Wanna I'm go. really feeling called, but I don't, I don't know how to afford this. Just, just give it to God. He will trust me. He will take care of it. It's amazing how God works. So, thank you all for listening, Dan. Thank you for sharing your experience. My with Seek 2019. My pleasure. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, go out there and be a saint. Thank you all so much for tuning in to another episode of The Manly Catholic. If you have not already done so, please hit that subscribe button wherever you get your podcast to make sure you don't miss a single episode. It will also help grow the show and reach as many men as possible. We truly think this podcast can change families and help men to change the world. Thank you again so much for tuning in and God bless you. Thank you so much for listening, friends. For more content from this podcast, please click the link in the episode description. And I invite you to come join us in St. Louis, Missouri, in encountering the person of Jesus Christ at Seek 24, from January the 1st through January the 5th. For more information and to learn how to register, please visit seek.focus.org.